Hey, welcome to the Bitter's Pill. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is all it is. Yeah, as usual, I'm not ready. say and yet so little ability to say it. Hey, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It is uh, Dan Class. I'm in my garage under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. And uh, hi, how are you? I'm going to get situated here for a moment because there we go. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this is The Bitterest Pill. Now, listen, so Okay, full disclosure. As I... Oh, gosh, I just knocked over... Uh, I just knocked over a glass of water. Luckily, uh, it has a lid on it because the odds of me knocking it over were actually pretty good. So, if you're paying attention, uh, and I doubt you are, but today in my world, as I say these words, today is April 21st, okay? So, today's April tw- 21st. Um... I think the last show I actually put, you know, audio podcast show, official Bitter's Pills show, that I put in the feed was three weeks ago, maybe, two, three weeks ago. Yeah, I'm so behind. The last show I put out, I think, was a week or two late. And then, so Hudson and I have been in the studio, so I guess that was two weeks ago. And then, is that right? And then one week ago, I came in. Uh, the, the studio was all messed up. I was having sound problems. I was having video problems. I, I sort of did a show. I think one person was in the chat room. I don't know if anybody was watching. I don't, I don't know if that show's going to come out. I really wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. And at the last minute, I decided to tell a story that I've been teasing for literally five months. And I'm not sure I did a, a good job at the beginning of the show. And I wasn't that thrilled with the end of the, you know what I mean? So I'm going to listen to the show. We're going to do a little, you know, QT, no, QC, QC. Where'd I get QT? Down on the DL, QT, down low. Quick time, quick time. We're going to do some QC, quality control, and we'll see if that show ever comes out or I just re-record it and pretend that's the show. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a whole thing. So so I don't know which show, I don't know if this is the next show you're going to get, if you're going to get this in two shows, three shows, I have no idea. When you're listening to the show, it will be interesting to know what day it is. Because today is the 21st of April. My prediction is uh, when you finally get a chance to hear this for realsies, and I get my sh- stuff together and I put it in the system and everything, 4th of July. Not trying to be pest. I'm just... <laughs> That's the situation. I think that's the situation. Uh, how have you been? Now, I've been listening to all these, uh, I guess, unfortunately, for lack of a better term, self-help podcasts. And all these like, I'm a, a you know guru in some field podcast. I don't know. And somebody was saying, and it might have been that Bulletproof Coffee guy, uh, somebody was saying, Everybody keeps saying that they're busy. And I don't want to say that I'm busy because that doesn't necessarily imply one way or the other that you're getting anything done. 
it just is this blanket claim that we all make now in modern life in 2016. Like, well, I don't know, I'm busy. I'm so, everybody's busy. Really, right? Unless you're a toddler. And even then, you might be busy. Every Dan, you got to stop saying that you're busy. Have you been, Dan? Oh, I've been so busy. I do that all the time. Now, I don't want to say trying to keep up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to turn it into that sort of thing. I want it to be kind of a positive thing. I think I'm getting a lot of things done, but things keep coming. What's a good, you know, really a good, the best answer, honestly, to how you're doing is great, man. How are you? It's not sincere, but it keeps things moving forward, right? And I find that if I'm really uh, honest with people about how I am actually feeling that, uh, you know what I mean? I think it just, um, you know, sort of victimizing yourself. I think we say, oh, I'm busy, which means, oh, I'm not in control of my time or my actions. I'm not getting everything done that I want to get. I'm just so busy, which is true, by the way. Obviously, I am so behind. I've got all this paperwork that I have to do for this, paperwork I have to do for that. Uh, I'm two shows at least behind. Maybe by the time that I'm done recording this, I'll be three shows, three shows behind putting out actual shows. Now, if you're one of the two people, three people that are actually anxious to hear these recordings, I don't know if you figured it out yet. But the way I've been recording the show, the show essentially is on YouTube within a couple hours of me recording it. So if, and I shouldn't maybe even say that because I really want you to watch live if you're available. Maybe chat with me, maybe not. But if, well, the cat's out of the bag now, I already said it. Two hours after I record these, usually the whole show is on uh, YouTube as a video, you know? And um, you could just listen to it there. You wouldn't actually have to wait for the podcast feed. Now, but the way that I've been doing the show, I could just like, clean up the ends and put it out. I just don't, I don't know why that's not happening. I'm, uh, 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 no excuses. I'm a failure. Oh, Austin Jones. Hey, Austin. Austin Jones is here. Hello, Austin. So, uh, no, there's video today. I hope, I think. Yeah, I see myself right there. I'm looking, I'm watching myself on Alpha Geek Media. We're fine. So, Okay, last week was a bad show. I think I gotta I gotta listen to it. I was not in the mood. the The, the studio looked like crap. Now I've since cleaned up the studio. You can't tell, and honestly, I can barely tell. I took so much stuff out of the studio. It still looks like a, a storage closet, which is really what it is, as far as the rest of the family is concerned. It's some sort of storage closet for anything that they think they don't want to get dirty or something. I don't know. We have an attic, folks. We could be filling. Everybody wants to put everything in here. Well, it's all coming out, my friend. It's all coming out. The desk is going to get moved. I'm going to get a new, another mic in here. We're going to get reset up. I'm sick of being alone. When Hudson comes in here to record with me, we shouldn't sit shoulder to... Did you see that? That was a disaster. Sitting shoulder to shoulder. It's not working. And I'm not going to get too into this, but what better idea from a guy that is two or three weeks behind putting out his existing podcast 
but for him to start a new podcast in addition to the old podcast. But I'm in talks. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give you any details. We're just going to say I'm in talks. We're developing. I have a new person that I am working with. We are developing a podcast for a new, uh, excuse me, a pilot for a new podcast. It is a self-help and motivational podcast. And trust me, I am the before picture. But I think what I've done in my, instead of listening to self-help motivational podcasts all day, I'm going to start producing one, right? At some sort of like completely self-centered need on my part. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring the after picture in here and he's going to teach us how to get our lives together. It's going to be great. And he's going to tell stories and I'm going to tell, we're going to tell each other stories. The guy's very funny. He's very charismatic. I think you'll like him a lot, but he and I are so different in ways. (laughs) It's very, it'll be very, if nothing else, it'll be interesting. We will see. It'll be weird to, because you know, I don't work with anybody. I haven't worked, really, Hudson comes in here once every year. I've been by myself in here for 12 years. So to have like a co-host or really maybe even a host that I'm playing second banana to, yeah, it's going to be a little weird, man. But I think it's a good odd couple pairing. I think it's going to be great. I will tell you more about that as that develops, but we're going to start recording in secret a pilot hopefully next week. We'll see how that goes. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but, um, cause I, you know me, I have no answers. I need this friend of mine. I think he has answers. Do you understand? So we're right. We're bringing, we're bringing it all together. That's what you got to do. No man is an Island except maybe Richard Branson. Richard Branson may be an island, an island to which he invites hot, naked supermodels. But except for Richard Branson, I don't think any of us really are an island. Richard Branson and whoever sang I Am a Rock uh, from Simon and Garfunkel. I don't remember if it was Simon or if it was Garfunkel. One of those guys was claiming to be a rock slash island. It might have been actually both of them. This is this would be kind of weird. Was it both Simon and Garfunkel singing in harmony about the fact that I, quote, unquote, am a rock, I'm an island? That uh, is weird. Okay. Me- hey, Megan. So, <clears throat> this is one of the reasons why the shows haven't been coming out. And it's a, it's, it's a little bit, thank goodness that we set this time to get together Thursdays at 1130 in the morning, Pacific Standard Time. I think that's like 230 in the afternoon uh, Eastern. We have this commitment that we have made, right? To, to our, to, to, I've made, basically. I made it to a guy named Todd. But if we didn't have this commitment, then the shows wouldn't even get recorded. At least they're getting recorded. At least Megan and Austin are hearing the shows. Now, one of the reasons that I'm not getting to the shows is my wife got a prescription for a new medication. Now, you know, we're adults. Every once in a while, adults need a prescription for a new medication. And we've been doing this long enough. It, it really shouldn't be that complicated. You know the drill. Unless you're 16 and listening to this show when you're supposed to be in uh, world history, you know the drill. The doctor gives you a script. You take it to the pharmacy. They say, we don't carry this. 
We'll have to order it. They run the prescription. They tell you your copay. You freak out because it's the early part of the year. You come back whenever. Whenever they're going to have their prescription, you come back and you give them the 20 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever your copay is, and then you drive away. Or walk away and then get in your car to drive away. I, I, I've been going to a drive through It's a godsend. So... We, uh, so my wife gets a new prescription for something. I don't even, I don't, it doesn't even matter what it's for. It's a new prescription. Uh, oh, that's what it was. It's a new prescription, but the doctor said, hey, Melissa, listen. This medication can be a little pricey, but I think the company that puts out the medication, Fister, um, they offer some kind of coupon or something online. So if you go online on the Fister site, Look, and you can find some kind of coupon or savings card or something like that. Print that, fill, get that done, and then I and it really super reduces the price. So of course he said, you you know how this part of the story goes. He says that to her because this is a her type of medication, right? It's her her thing. It's my wife's thing. Her doctor gives her a prescription. She gives it to me. So whose job is to go online? me and look for the savings card slash coupon me for the girl pills and then take it to the drugstore and then uh, okay so I go on the Fister website and I search for the product the the you know XLX or uh, Dicatron or whatever it is whatever this Uncerta whatever I don't like I don't even know you know I don't know I don't know what it does I don't know what it's for it's some you know drug companies you know, wafonia, or not to be taken uh, without other medication, you know. So, so I go online, and it actually looks very simple. It's literally, you go online to the company, and then it has the, you know, the Fister website. And then it has, you just search, and right there, and then there's the medication, because I had the name. There's the medication. And there's a big page with the medication with somebody that obviously must take the medication. Look how healthy they look. This medication must really work. Now, there's 50 pages of side effects, but still. Right in the thing is like, got the brand name. It's got the scientific name, the percent of active ingredients. It's got the attractive people from the stock photography collection. And then at the top, it says, you know, more about more about the uh, prescription, blah, 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 savings. So I go to that. Well, it turns out if you register, there's a savings card, quote unquote card. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, oh, right, I got to get a savings card. They're going to have to send this thing to me. This is stupid. So I fill the whole thing out and I put in my wife's name and her address and her phone number and the name. I don't think I even put her name of her doctor, insurance company, nothing. It's just the savings card. And I hit enter and it really just opens up a PDF that's like, here's your card. And in the PDF, it has all that other information from the website and then a, rect a rectangle <laughs> with the name of the product and then like a bin number, an ID number, uh, some other number. But see, the rectangle has rounded corners. And that's what makes it a card. Because right under the thing that I assume is the card that I assume I'm going to have to cut out and take to the pharmacy with me every time I go, it, there are the words, do not cut the card out from the page just leave it just print the whole thing and take it to the pharmacy 
So I say, great. So Because I've gone through this whole thing. So I print out the card. And at first I make the mistake when I open the, right, you open the PDF and you go to print it and you hit print and it prints the front page and then it prints the second page. Then you realize that you didn't check how many pages it is and it keeps spitting out paper with fine print on it for literally what feels like an hour. So I, I had to, I had to stop. I look, it was 57 pages, 50 seven pages of nonsense for my card. So luckily I stopped. I stopped it. I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. I take the first two pages. Really, the first one page probably would have done it. The second page looks like something that you probably are expected to read, and then the rest was just legal gibberish. But I take the papers. I'm very diligent. I, uh, what do you call it? Paper, uh, staple them together. I put them somewhere where I know I will remember to take the card, quote-unquote, to the pharmacy when I go and I drop off the whole thing. So I've got the prescription. I've got the savings card that I got from Fister. I'm ready to roll. I'm going to take care of business because that's what I do. I take care of business. I GTD get things done. So I take the whole thing to the pharmacy. And I give them the prescription. And they run the prescription. They run it through our insurance company. It, The insurance company says, no problem. Great. The woman says, it'll be $140. To which I say, holy, wow. they oh, <laughs> Like that, right? And she says, well, you know, it's because it's still the way your insurance is. It's early in the year and your wife's deductible uh, or... Uh, yeah, deduct I kept saying deductible before I meant copay, I think. This is the deductible, right? Your wife hasn't really done much towards the deductible, so $140. And I'm like, oh, but wait, I've got a savings card. This is awesome. And the savings card said something like, you're going to get your prescription from Fister for probably like $20 or $40. Now, paying $20 or $40 towards the copay uh, is awesome. It doesn't bring the copay down or the deductible down. I got to get my crap together. Paying towards the deductible. I can do this. Listen, does it? maybe it all comes out in the wash. I may, listen, eventually we're going to pay into the deductible and then to the point where we're just paying the copay, right? But if there's some way to draw this out over the course of the year, I'm fine with that, right? $40, $20, 40 at a time with this savings card. So... I'm thrilled because I've done my due diligence. I've got the savings card, so I give her the sheets. And I say, listen, I uh, Fister has a thing where you just fill out the card. You got the, I've got a card. Listen, this is a card. It's a card. Here we go. So I give it to her, and she looks, she looks at it. And of course, and this is always relaxing, she looks at it like she's never seen one of these Fister effing savings cards before in her life. Like, my wife is the first woman in the world to get this particular prescription and have her doctor say to go online and do, like, never in the history of Walgreens drugs. So she's looking at it like I just handed her the SAT to take real quick, you know? And she finally, she looks at it and, and she maybe scans a thing because it does have a scan barcode or whatever. And then she hands it back to me and she says, this is expired. 
And I say, you're kidding. And she says, no, it's expired. And I say, but I just printed it out like yesterday or something. There's 57 pages of this thing. You're telling me that I just downloaded it, but it's that doesn't make sense. Fister would never do that. So she says, well, it says right here. And she literally shows me on page one and the really not that fine print, blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. And savings, $20, $40 expires December 31st, 2015. So she shows it to me and says, do you want to pay the $140? To which I respond, of course not. I'll be back tomorrow. So I go home. And the next day, I call Fister. And I say, hey, wife, prescription, savings card, didn't cut it out, 57 pages, expired. And the lady on the phone says, oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about that. It's not expired. It's been extended. And I say, well, my thing says it's expired. And she says, don't worry about it. Have them just run. Did, she, did the lady at the pharmacy run the card? And I say, I don't know. And she says, listen, don't worry about it. Have the lady run the card. Okay, great. I take it back to the pharmacy. I say, listen. It says it's expired. Don't don't believe that because Fister would not lie. They said it's cool. Could you just run the card or whatever and whatever it is? And the lady at the farm, you know, a different lady says, sure. So she runs the card and she uh, gets back some kind of error. ID, not uh, fulfill the thing with the account, the thing, whatever. It's just basically just random gibberish uh, uh, thing. Kickback message right so she says there's something wrong with the card um i'm getting this message and she tells me what it is i literally write it on the form uh i'm like okay i gotta i guess i gotta call them again like i don't want to pay 140 dollars for something that clearly is worth fifth like 40 or 20 20 or 40 at best Right, because if you're willing, if all I have to do in theory is just print out this thing and you'll give it to me for 40 bucks, it is so not worth 140. It's probably not even worth 20 because the thing said is probably really like we're talking about it. I want a dollar's worth of pills. And you're making me drive back and forth from Westchester to El Segundo over and over and over. Plus, I'm not getting my podcast out because I keep spending time on the phone with Fister when I could be editing. Okay, so we, please, can we just, mm. so I go home. The next day, I call Fister back again, and I'm like, listen, I'm getting this thing, and there's ID, and the lady's like, listen, did you activate your card? I don't know. Why? I assume so. What, how how would what, is it possible that I got a card and in the process of getting a card I didn't activate the card like why would I have to separately get a card and it's not really a card it's a piece of paper with rounded a one rounded one rounded rectangle on an eight and a half by eleven sheet is not constitute a card we need to stop calling it a card and I don't know if I activated it I filled out a form. And I filled out a thing that was like, well, is the patient over 18? Do they get 
assistance from Medicare. Do they? Do, 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 do. I filled all that out. I clicked. I got a card. I'm pretty sure it's so. Oh, so I go on. And I activate the card, and the card is activated, as far as I know. Okay. And I've got the card. Okay. And it says, and, and Pfizer, excuse me, Pfister, it's Pfizer, obviously, um, assures me that it's going to work. It's going to work. It's gonna, everything's going to be fine. I take it back to Walgreens. Now, I make the mistake of taking it to Walgreens on a f- afternoon at a like... Uh, 2.30, let's say. Let's say it was about 2.30, 2.15, on a Friday. And the reason that's a mistake is because I naively assume that I'm just going to go into Walgreens and I'm going to say, listen, they said everything's cool with this card. And I'm just going to go with it now and call it a card because I don't want to do anything to distract anyone. Okay, so this card has been vetted over the phone. It's been re, uh, it's been, uh, what do you call it, initialized or whatever, activated. But what I want to do, instead of going through the drive-thru, I'm going to stand here at your counter. And when it doesn't work, I'm going to call them. And then if I can, I'd love to put you on the phone. Can we please do that? I'm begging the woman at Walgreens, again, like a third or fourth person. Please, can we do that? Because this whole thing with getting the prescription from Fister for my wife, it has become a full-time job. And all I want to do is pay $40 for a dollar's worth of medication. That's all. That's my goal. So I, I, you know how this story goes. We call. Oh, no, excuse me. I give her the card. She runs the card. She gets an error message. I call. The lady on the phone says, did you activate the card? I said, yeah, pretty sure. And she says, well, it's not going through. I'm not seeing it in my system. So I put the lady from Walgreens on the phone with the lady from Fister. They talk for a while. Then the lady from Fister puts me on hold. She puts me on hold for a while. She's trying to work it out for a while. So she finally comes back. This time has ticked away. And she says, okay, I think I found the problem. I think your, I, give me your ID. Is your ID number 123456789910? Is that your ID number? I just want to confirm, sir, that that's your ID number on your card. And I say, yes, it is. It's 123456789910, whatever. Okay. She says, okay, well, the problem, sir, and I'm very, you know how they, like, they always, they have like a book of crap they have to read to you before they can say anything, which really at this point drives me crazy because obviously I call and I'm like, listen, this is the 15th time I've called. I've heard you guys apologize and explain and thank me and uh, all that. Like, please, can you just skip the binder of crap you have to read? And just when I answer a question, when I ask you a question, could you just say yes instead of, well, I'd be happy to help you with that situation, sir. Okay, don't say that. Just say, when I say a question, you just say yes or no, not, well, sir, I would be happy to help you with that if I can. Can I, no, 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 just yes or no. So she says, sir, uh, I would like to thank you again for your patience. I apologize for any convenience this may have caused you. Tick, tick, tick. I have ADD. Please, could you just get, right? But um, I think what it is is that your bin number on your card is wrong. 
uh, I'm going to read to you the correct bin number that it should be. And I say, great, because I'm going to write down the bin number and then we're going to scan the card and then it's going to work. And then I'm going to get the hell out of here in time to pick up my daughter from school. I left myself literally an hour to take care of this. And I'm starting to worry that I'm getting pressed for time. So she says, oh, okay, sir. So here's your bin number. And I say, okay, hold on. I'm going to write this down. I get a pen from the pharmacist and I go, okay, I'm going to write this down. Okay, your bin number is two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Okay, do you have that, sir? And I say, yeah, it's two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. That's the bin number on my card. You just read, do you understand how you just, that's the bin number printed on my card. On the card, there's a bin number and it's two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. So you haven't done anything Sherlock to push this forward you think you have but you haven't you just gave me the existing bin number after claiming that it was the bin number that was the problem first it was the ID number or the, first it was first actually it was several times that I hadn't activated the card well, I had to activate the card and then it was the ID number and then okay now at some point the pharmacist is a smart lady see I'm 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 completely caught up in the mania of this whole thing and I have my phone. I don't have my laptop. I don't have Wi-Fi. So I'm just like, all I have, right? It's all here and in my earpiece. At some point, the lady from the pharmacy comes over with her huge, like iPhone 6 or Samsung, one of those big half tablet things. And she's like, sir, if you'd like, if this doesn't work, let's just use my phone. I got a bin number and an ID number that I'm pretty sure is working We'll just run that and then we'll put your wife's thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, but the lady on the phone keeps telling me that it's worked out. So by the time, by the time that the lady gives me the wrong ID number and the wrong bin number, and she keeps saying, well, I'm going to have to kick this upstairs. But I'm sure we can get this sorted out, but I just have to put you on hold real quick. I have to kick this. She's literally saying, and I keep thinking that I'm mishearing her. She's literally saying, kick this upstairs like we are part of some major government investigation. And she has to kick it up to her superiors because her superiors report straight to the president or something. Honey. This is just a savings card for some pills that really should only cost a dollar. You don't really, I mean, do you really have to kick it upstairs? But because I'm already in, I'm, I've clicked over from like helpful errand husband mode to angry guy mode. And then from angry guy mode, I am now currently at this point, I am an angry guy who needs to pick up his daughter on time or it's going to cost him money mode. So finally she comes back from being on hold. She's kicked it upstairs. But it turns out kicking it upstairs is going to take five days. So I'm just like, fine, whatever. So what, in five days I can get this stupid prescription? You've kicked it upstairs. You've resolved the issue. The issue is what? That I am so frazzled right now. I don't rem- that That really, the main issue is not the woman on the phone. The main issue is not the people upstairs. It's not Fister. It's not the dozens of people that I've talked to on the phone. It's not the three or four people that I've... The issue really now, because you're on your own in this life, 
is that I'm I've let myself get so angry I don't remember that the pharmacist told me that she could just do it. And by the time I come to the realization that I could do that, because I'm angry and I just get off the phone, there's a line at Walgreens and it's too late because I got to drive all the way home and past home to get my daughter is too late and I'm pissed and it's too late and it's pissed. and I'm going to need a new prescription just to deal with dealing with getting my wife a new prescription. And that's not good. All right, I'm going to take a short break. Uh, very short break. I'm basically going to run in the house and get something to eat. I will be right back, and um, we will talk about uh, helping Hudson with his homework next, uh, coming up, whatever, on The Bitterest Pill. Oh, shoot, that song wasn't long enough. Darn it. I needed like a couple more seconds to eat my little, you know, you know me. I, I eat these like synthetic protein bars all day. Every two hours, I eat half of one of these stupid things. I, I really should buy stock in, who's the parent company? I don't even know who the parent company. No, obviously a responsible human. Am I on, Am I back? Are we back? I'm not, okay. A responsible human would plan ahead and eat what they needed to eat before the show, which was the plan. 
So what happens is technologically, right? I'm at my house, you know, the studio is at my house in a detached garage. And we've talked about this before. I run an ethernet cable from my living room through the kitchen, through the laundry room, out the back door, up the driveway, into the garage, and then I plug it in, you know, here. And that's how we are doing the show these days, right? Okay, so. What happened today was, apparently, when I, uh, and I didn't realize this at first, um, I, because the, the router, and I know it shouldn't be, but it, the router's behind the television. And I gotta find a better place for it, but that's where it is. I lift up the router, and I plug in the ethernet cable, and then I run the cable out here, but unbeknownst to me, I have unplugged the router from the power. And I think the reason I didn't notice right away is that I think it does theoretically have some sort of internal battery. All I know is something that I did, it was either the pulling or the plugging in or the unplugging of the power, something knocked out the internet. Which means that the whole thing has to reboot and that's taking forever. And then I'm not getting a signal, and I don't understand why. And so I finally figure out about the plug and the thing. But I ended up having to call the provider. I'm with Time Warner now. Uh, but they were but they were able to reset it, and then they split my uh, 2.4 gigahertz and my 5 gigahertz signal, all this like stuff. So, but what that meant was. I didn't eat right before the show, and I didn't change my clothes. I did not mean to be wearing this shirt. Uh, pretty sure I slept in this shirt, and uh, it's a long sleeve shirt, and it's getting hot in this shirt. And I have another shirt under this shirt, but I don't even know, I don't even remember what that is. I don't know, some another black t-shirt. I got two, uh, whatever. Now, for those of you that are, can you see this? I don't know. I stopped by the chat room and then the song ended. I was going to say hi to Megan and Austin, see if they're still here. <clears throat> the front of the shirt that I'm wearing right now has this uh, Japanese symbol on it, which is the symbol of uh, my karate master. And what happened is, so the Grandmaster takes a group of people to Japan every uh, spring. And this year before the trip, um, I guess, and, and, and this is a tradition that I guess I just wasn't aware of from before, a lot of times they make t-shirts before they go so they can wear the t-shirts. So, it's you know, you know, people do that all the time in corporate America, right? Apparently they also do that in Japanese dojo uh, Japan trip culture. So, I've, I don't have any, uh, you know, like dojo paraphernalia, but being uh, in upper management. Oh, yeah. I, I had, you know, I had to get a shirt. I wanted to get a shirt. Hudson wanted to get a shirt. So I said to the guy get it, uh, doing the shirt thing, great. So tell you what, Hudson needs a large. I need a medium. Uh, we'll do short sleeve because they were doing long sleeves and short sleeves. Uh, and that's great. And they're like, okay, well, it's going to be X number of dollars. Da, da, da. I give the guy the money. And a couple weeks later, right before they go to Japan, the T-shirts come in. And both of our T-shirts are long sleeved. Now, for, <laughs> And there's no explanation in, in the culture of, you know, you can't like, you know what I mean? Like you don't give people a hard time about stuff like that but it was just sort of like oh i guess i have a long sleeve shirt now and guess what dan yours is a, a large so this t-shirt that's why i didn't want to wear it it's a large long i don't wear large i wear medium now listen medium doesn't fit me that great either but 
a medium seems closer to my size than a large. And I am shrinking. I'm not losing weight, but I'm shrinking. So I'm hoping that over the years, a medium will start to fit me a little bit better, a little bit better. But a, 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 a large is just bad. It's just not cool. So I'm really, I'm like, oh, this is great. We wanted short sleeves, they're long sleeves. At least Hudson got the right size. So I give Hudson his. And he says, oh, it's long sleeves. That's awesome. But he never even wears long sleeves. Why is that suddenly awesome? You wear short, you wear t-shirts that are short sleeve. Why, why is this suddenly so he was fine with it. He loved it. He wore it to school. He comes up like, yeah, dad, that sure was a big hit. Walking around with a Japanese emblem on my chest under my shirt shirt. Because he's quite the dapper chap. I don't know if you've seen the show he was on. He dresses very nicely. He's aficionado of some of the finest um, thrift stores and Goodwills in the area. And actually, um, Hudson's recent... <clears throat> Hudson's most recent ac- acquisition at the thrift store <laughs> couldn't believe it he bought a members only jacket yeah my son so I go to pick him up a couple of Saturdays ago at his friend's house it's 11 o'clock I'm, it takes him forever to get out of his friend's house so I'm asleep basically he gets in the car and he obviously has something new on because I don't remember him wearing a jacket. And I look and he's wearing a cream white, like it looks brand new, members only jacket, but a real members only jacket. Like the jacket, I never had a members only jacket. I had a members only knockoff jacket that my mom got at one of those dodgy, you know what I mean? Like I don't, it was even before like there was Marshalls and Ross, it was like a precursor to those kind of stores. It was like it was a new thing in our town in the Parenton Hills Plaza thing there or whatever. It was like seconds and off. And so there was some like generic ripoff members only jacket that I had. But at least it had the little shoulder loopy things. What are those even for your driving gloves? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's what we had to have in 1980. What? Two, I guess. One, two, something like that. You had to have you wanted more than life itself. A members only jacket. So he's got this thing on it. It just looks so good on him. He's so tall and thin and handsome and young and he's got thick, long hair now. But it didn't even dawn on me until I think a couple of days later he came in the room with it on, but he had the sleeves pushed up. I was like, that's, that, I knew there was something off. I knew there was something off. And it wasn't just that it was so many years after the fact, it was the sleeves. You got to push, you don't roll, pushed up sleeves. Now how he knows to buy a members-only jacket and how he knows to push up the sleeves of his... I have no idea. I don't know. I don't want to know. But nailed it. I'm getting all these texts. Oh, it's just Hudson. Yeah, that's fine. Dude, we, we agreed on three. That's fine. We don't need to discuss it. So, um, let's see. <laughs> Megan, take it off. I, I'm going to have to take it off, uh, Megan, because I'm... I can feel the temperature. I can feel the temperature in here rising. Yeah, it's at least 80 degrees in here right now. 
Although this thermometer almost always says it's 95 degrees, but I think that's just the temperature at which I start to panic and start checking the temperature. So we've got about five more degrees. It's 1216, so I've got plenty of time. I have plenty of time on the clock. I don't have plenty of time on the sun. And it's not like I even have this big story to tell, although it is killing me that there's... So look, can you see that? Yeah. There's this much of my little protein bar left that I haven't eaten, and I'm like a dog. Knowing that it's sitting here on the table, it's driving me crazy. I wonder if I should just eat it in front of you. It would be so horrible, wouldn't it? I don't know. Should I play another song or something? Yeah, I have to. Okay, here. No, let's not listen to that song again. That song was the worst. Okay. This is, this is mostly for the two people watching. Ready? I'm covering my mouth so you can't see me chewing like I'm a geisha girl or something. Mmm, nice frosty beverage. I think that's supposed to sound like the chili peppers. Doesn't that kind of sound like the chili peppers? Okay. So. Let's um, get on with the show, shall we? Oops. So. Hudson has this homework that he's been working on, I think. Well, no, let me back up. So. Hudson has an assignment that's supposed to take all year. The fan on the computer's going, ape, poop. Can you hear it? Yeah. Oh, well. We're going to work all this out. I'm going to put a fan on the ceiling. I think I'm going to try. Tell me if you think this would work. If I put a fan on top of the studio that would just circulate the air in the garage and blow it out... It wouldn't have to blow into the studio or out of the studio, but just to blow the hot air away from the ceiling of the studio. Don't, doesn't that seem like that would do something? Because if we start doing this new podcast and there are two of us in here, I need it to be 70 degrees in here and not a degree more. I can't have the co-host of this podcast that we're hoping to do come in here and sweat. That's not, it's not going to work. And we can't do all of the shows, uh, you know, in the morning. We can't, we can't do that. So, move the microphone a little bit away from the fans. So, Hudson has this assignment, this year-long biology assignment. And it actually, it sounds big, and then you think about it for a second, and then it really sounds easy. And then you think about it for two more seconds, and then it sounds uh, maybe impossible. So his assignment is, he's in advanced biology or honors biology or AP, I don't know what, it's. he's in biology again. With this great teacher, but this great teacher assigns this year-long project where they have to photograph and categorize 100 indigenous organisms, okay? 
So it can be plants, it can be bugs, it can be birds, it can be mammals, marsupial. You know, what's a marsupial? Uh, marsupial. I, I, I thought I was saying possum, but I was saying marsupial, and I was trying to think of the word marsupial as I was saying the word marsupial, 80 degrees. So, so Hudson has to take photographs and categorize 80, uh, excuse me, 100 things before the end of the school year. And then they put together some kind of uh, keynote slash uh, PowerPoint presentation. And they, uh, I don't know if they even have to present it. Like, can you imagine every kid in the class shows 100 things or whatever? But maybe they all do. I don't know. It'd be kind of awesome, kind of boring. I have no idea. So earlier in the year, uh, he and a couple of his friends from the class and the teacher met at a place very close to here called the Bologna Wetlands. And one of the reasons I love this part of town is there are still a couple of pockets of protected land that give it, there's some space. It isn't yet, it will be, trust me, but it isn't yet built all the way to the shore with houses. Now, when we first moved here, and I've talked about the wetlands before, the wetlands were huge and then DreamWorks grease some palms and now it's Playa Vista and now it's Silicon uh, Beach, right? But Silicon Beach, am I saying that word right? Silicon, Silicon, Silicon. Silicon Beach doesn't reach the beach. Silicon Beach ends at uh, Lincoln Boulevard. Okay. And then the other side of Lincoln, it's still protected wetlands. And like the pocket between, you know, Lincoln and Jefferson and then the big, there's a bluff there. Then the other side of Jefferson, there's some protected area. And then the other side of whatever that is, at the beach there, there's a protected area. So there's still wetlands. So the teacher and Hudson and a couple of the classmates went over to the wetlands and took a bunch of pictures early in the year. And I don't know how many he got, but he got, you know, you get some. And it's a wetland, so it's, and it's protected. So there's a lot of waterfowl and... Um, lot of different plants and the teacher's very experienced at photographing and categorizing all this jazz because it's his hot you know it's what he does he's a biologist right so but as you can imagine being a high school junior and being a class male and being a normal teen whatever not a lot of the assignment got done between the beginning of the school year when they all went to the wetlands and about a week and a half ago on this year long, the year long project, which you knew would get done a little bit at the beginning and mostly they had a panic, right? So when Hudson was on spring break, the idea was that I was going to take him somewhere and he was going to photograph stuff, right? Now, the first idea was he was going to go somewhere with his friend, uh, Antonio, they were going to go to the such and such thing. And he, Hudson wasn't sure where they were going to go. It was uh, Antonio's idea. <clears throat> and they were going to go. And it was the day that his sister, you know, Hudson's sister was also on spring break. And I had an appointment. So I, it was just this scheduling nightmare. And it was, and I felt bad, but I had to kind of put the kibosh on it. And as I'm putting the kibosh on it, Hudson says, oh yeah. And it, it's about an hour away. <laughs> Which I like. Listen, I know we live in a somewhat urban area. Our area is not so urban that you have to drive an hour up to Sun Valley or somewhere 
to take a picture of a flower and a chipmunk like that. That's a little kooky. Didn't even dawn on me that he kept telling me that the name was like the such and such gardens or the such and such farm. And I like it wasn't until we actually went out somewhere that he said, oh, yeah, well, everything has to be indigenous to the area. It can't just be a living thing like we can't go to orchard, you know, nursery supply and take pictures of the palm trees and the Venus flytraps like it has to be a naturally occurring thing in the area. So Hudson and I decide that we're going to go to a big park that's kind of near here called Kenneth Hahn. I think it's Kenneth Hahn State Park. I don't know, man. It's a big park. I don't know. We used to go there when he was little every once in a while or when Tulu was little. And there's a little stream, but then there's this big pond there that we can check out the pond. And then the family, we all went on this big hike one day. So we're, like, we're going to go to Kenneth Hahn. We're going to bring the camera. It's going to be great. Not not an iPhone, man, a camera. So we drive over there. And um, as we're entering the park and we're driving kind of up the hill, I realize I have no memory whatsoever of the beginning of the hike. I remember going on the hike. I remember hiking. I remember certain elements specific to the hike that we all had gone on. I don't remember the beginning of the hike, like where we parked, I got nothing. So H and I just, okay, well we park, I mean, you know, and we kind of wander around a little bit and then we're like, you know how your memory starts to kind of fill in and as you're kind of wandering around somewhere, as it becomes more familiar and then you're like, your certainty grows. You know, your focus narrows, your certainty kind of grows. So very quickly, we're like, okay, yes, wait, okay, yes, we're go over here. And then we go along, we see the thing. And then there's a sign that says Boy Scout Trail. We're like, yes, that's what it was. It was the Boy Scout Trail. That's what we took. So we take the Boy Scout Trail. So the Boy Scout Trail is is a trail. It's about, you know, I'm trying to think you know, maybe three, four feet wide. And so we're walking along, taking pictures of, uh, you know, wasps, flowers, nettles, uh, every, like lizards. We see a lizard, a couple lizards, a bunch of lizards, a lot of bees. But what happens is every once in a while, someone will come running by. Because apparently, for people that live closer to the park, this is a good place to work out. Now the sun is beating down on us. I have a safari hat on. Hudson's got like a scarf around his neck that he got from paintball or airsoft or whatever. But they start running by. Now when you're on a path that's only four feet wide, there's two of you. On one side is a steep upward hill and on the other side is a cliff. Which side do you give the runner? Do you make it feel like he's going to get shoved off the cliff or into the hill? I get I so we just like I guess into the hill. I have no idea. This is America, so you should give him the right lane, but the right lane is probably going to send him careening down 100 feet into unknown territory. There's no path down there. That's just a pit of wild 
some stuff. I have no idea. Cacti are down there. It's crazy. It didn't really dawn on me because I remember the hike and we all went, the whole four of us, the whole family. But every once in a while, there's this thought that, that hits me and it is that in my kind of like young selfish need to come to Los Angeles or my young, you know, grew up in the 80s upward mobility thing or whatever, I, well, also just a little bit, I'm not outdoorsy, like we've raised our kids, our kids aren't outside that much. And it doesn't dawn on me how little they're outside until we take them outside. And it's actually not Hudson's behavior, although it used to be, because he used to be so afraid of bug, any bug. I mean, well, I'm, listen, and I don't blame him. One day he was coming out of, out of an ice cream shop when he was about four or five. And a bee decided he wanted some of his ice cream. And Hudson, little baby boy, five-year-old Hudson, you know, moved his cone or whatever. And the bee got mad at whatever he did and stung him on the face somewhere. So ever since then, afraid of bees, that was it, man. No bees, no how, right? But when we're outside in this situation, and so uh, and so this trail, you know, there's hills everywhere and there's you can see other trails in the distance and other hikers way in the distance and kind of down is where, um, I guess it's La Brea cuts through from Inglewood and cuts through this pass and then down into eventually Hollywood, right? So, but it's not Hudson and it's not, the feeling that I get from Hudson that he's inexperienced outdoors, it's just the memory of how much time I spent outside when I was his age and a little bit younger. By the time I was his age, you know, there's drama club and girls and stuff like that, but we still spent a lot of time outside with your friends, with your girlfriends, with your classmates, whatever, right? You're outside a lot. Even, especially in the summer when the, when the weather was nice, but even in the freezing snow, you're outside a lot. But I had just, you, you lose track of how much you enjoy hiking around. Maybe you do it all the time. I just don't. We just don't do it. We don't make time for stuff like that. And we should because we all seem to dig it. But I love it because that's what I did for years. I just don't think of myself that way. I don't have hiking boots and cargo shorts and a canteen. You know what I mean? But. Like I can, st I can still scale a hill, man. Like no, right? I don't. I mean, all that I just love. I love going. I want to take that narrow path that no one really takes, but the people that are a little out of their mind. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Because we eventually get to kind of, you know, we're up high. We've driven up, and now we've been walking down, and we get to this point where we're like, well, crap. Where are we now? We can go a little bit forward, and then just end up walking on La Brea but if we walk on La Brea we're not going towards the car we're just going to like walk what into Inglewood and then walk around like take Slauson back over and just make a big 30 mile I don't know if it's not 30 miles you know what I mean like make a big loop we've got to I guess get back towards the car on some path but there's something in my nature when it comes to these sorts of things we can draw analogies where I do this probably all the time but when I'm in this kind of situation, I don't want to turn around and go back the way I came. 
I always want to go forward and loop around. I don't know why, but I always do that. And it has bitten me in the ass. I used to do that when we lived on the other side of town. I would walk around Griffith Park. I'd walk up near the observatory or whatever. And one day I was like, oh, I'll take this path instead because I don't want to turn around. I took that, whatever that path was, and it didn't really go the way I thought it was going to go. And I ended up starving and dehydrated like outside the fence of the L.A. Zoo. And I don't even remember if I ended up calling Melissa and just like, honey, I don't, we, can you get in the car and just drive randomly through the park, please? You know what I mean? I was, but it was bad. It was really not smart. Not smart. I got in a little trouble. So, so I say to Hudson, listen, Hudson, uh, I'm trying to be rational about this. My instinct, though, is to not turn around and just go back. But we probably should. Or... We can go that way and see what happens. So we very rationally decide we're going to go that way for a little bit, a little bit. See what happens. See if we uh, die or run out of path or whatever. And if need be, we agree that we will turn around and go back and not do something stupid and end up walking up La Brea because that would just be bad and really boring. At some point, it, it dawns on me, after the fact, that at one point in our journey, we passed this cluster of trees that were full of bees. And I walked up to the tree and looked at the bees. I was like, hey, Hudson, did you take a picture of any of these bees? And he came up and stood next to me and looked at them. was like, nah, they look a lot like the bees that we shot over there. And they're buzzing and buzzing around our heads. They don't really give a crap about us. These trees must be delicious, but they're, I mean, they're everywhere. There's 50 or 100 bees. And Hudson didn't flinch. Not once. And I did not get the impression that he was trying to not flinch. He just is over it. Like all those things when you're a young parent that you fear scar your kids. Some of them do, trust me, but not all of them. Some of them I do legitimately think, and what a relief, the kids do get over. Now, trust me, I've messed up my son. Trust me, he'll need therapy. Trust me, I am not <laughs> saying that someday he's going to go back and everything's going to be tabla rasa or whatever, right? It's not. I've, I'm sure I've messed up both the kids in very horrifying ways, but apparently the bee sting isn't one of those things. That happened to him. It'll be parenting, but not like, right? Stings. But we took the road less traveled. And it was fun. And the trail narrowed. And then it sort of disappeared. And, and once it disappeared, it wasn't even clear whether we were following a path or this is just, if it rains really hard, this is where the water goes. But we didn't care. Because we were still seeing things, still photographing things, still challenging ourselves and each other, still caring about our right? And we just kind of climbed through this brush. <clears throat> Saw more great lizards plants, all these different kind of flowers. We saw these spider webs. I'd never seen this kind of spider web before. 
every spider web I ever see, it, it goes like a normal spider web, like Spider-Man. Like, you know, and they, they try to cover an area for bugs to fly and get trapped in the web, right? These spider webs, and I, I don't think we ever got a really good picture of them. They were low to the ground, near the ground, and were woven in almost a vortex. So they look like a little white cave that I guess insects must think, oh, there's somewhere to go to make a hive or something. I don't even know what they're catching because we didn't see anything in any of these webs. But there's just these tiny little vortex webs down at the ground, and I guess the insect flies in and then touches the side and then they're goner. No way is he near 100. No way is he near 100. So I say to Hudson at some point, you know what we should do? Let's go to San Pedro and go to find some tide pools. And I remind him that when he was seven or nine or whatever, a friend of his from his class, Allison, had a birthday party somewhere in San Pedro, which is uh, between here and Long Beach. And at Allison's party somewhere in San Pedro... There were these tight, we walked down the beach or something or something. I don't know, but there were tide pools and there were like sea anemones and maybe sea cucumbers. And I think there were fish and um, like all sorts of different things. It was just like crazy marine stuff everywhere. We got to find this place. Let's go. So Hudson and I are like, we're going to go. Let's go. And we check the tide charts and it's not a good day to go today, but we'll go in a couple of days. So Saturday was the plan. We were going to go Saturday. So Friday night, I continue because I'm trying to find this place and I can't find it online. And I keep Googling San Pedro, San Pedro Park, San Pedro Tide Pool, San Pedro... Uh, I don't even know what. San Pedro, a lot of stuff, right? So I think, I keep thinking that I find it. I think I find it. I think I find it, but I I'm never sure. But whenever I Google all this stuff, really only three places or so come up. So I said, H, listen, man, I don't know which one of these it is. It's got to be one of these three. I, I flaked. I didn't contact Allison's mom. I haven't talked to her in three years. You know what I mean? Like, we'll figure it out. It can't help. San Pedro's not that big. The shore's not that big. We'll, we'll get there. So we drive to San Pedro. Now, meanwhile, the girls are at the Long Beach Grand Prix. Now, how my wife and daughter end up at a car race, that's, you know, that's my life. The women are the macho ones. They go to the Grand Prix and the boys go play at the beach in the water. So we go to San Pedro and um, <clears throat> we pass the Korean friend, uh, friendship bell. You know the Korean friendship bell? I've never, I'd never seen it before. But, you know, in uh, The Usual Suspects, there's a scene, and I really don't remember what the purpose of the scene is, but they're at a big bell that looks Korean, like a friendly... That's the friendship bell. So, like, we're that's where we were. Some context, right? So, our first stop is right near the Korean friendship bell, and we park and we walk, you know, down this thing, and then you got to go down a cement thing, and then there's some really rickety stairs, and then some busted up concrete, and it's covered in graffiti, and we're like, holy crap. And then we go night, we get down to the beach, and it's definitely not where Allison's party was. There was, there's no way. But there are tide pools. 
So we've got the camera, we've got the tide pools, there are some people hanging around, we go, we're going to photograph things in the tide pool. You know what's in the tide pools? Almost nothing. Almost nothing, and we got a late start, okay? I, when I got home, I kind of wasn't feeling well, so I didn't rush him out the door. We kind of got out of the door at a reasonable hour, but then we stopped at 8. We didn't eat slowly, but we just, we wanted to get there at low tide, but because I'm not exactly Danny Maritime, I thought we should get there at low tide. That's stupid. Because I think what that means is that's the end of the lowest point of the tide in all moments after that, the tide is rising, dum-dum. So you don't want to be there at low tide. You want to be there before low tide. As the tide is going out, that's when you should be there. You don't arrive at low tide, then the tide is coming in. The timer is ticking. Stupid, man. So, so we get to the tide pools, and it's, it's, it is beautiful down there. In the tide pool, really, are just like these little snail-looking shells with little crabs in them and some seaweed, some very sad, random sea urchins or sea anemones or something that little, they're like flat, but they got little fingers and then sand gets in them and they just lay there and look sad, dejected, you know. But I don't want to lose faith because I remember Ellison's party was unbelievable. We were so excited to, to go to, we saw all the things we saw. It was the greatest thing. I can't believe we haven't even gone back because we enjoyed it so much. We all had such a fun time. It was great. It was great. So the place where Allison's party was then must be the next place that we go to. So we get in the car. We look at the map. It's very close by, but it turns out because of some thing, San Pedro fence thing, I don't know. We have to go up and all the way around this thing. We go in the other. There's this beach thing, and I'm like this. All right, this is one of the two places that I found that were actually in San Pedro. This doesn't look familiar at all either, buddy. But we're determined we're going to make the best of it. We park. We pay for parking. We go. We find the tide pools. You know what's in the tide pools? Exactly the same thing that was at the tide pools at the first place. Now, by this point, my wife is texting me. Hey, how's it going? Now, I want to... Right? I want to make it sound like it's going well because I don't, right? I don't really, I'm not anxious for her to know that it's not going well because I'm feeling very responsible. I'm the one that dragged us out to San Pedro with the promises of Allison's marine uh, oasis. So I'm like, oh, you know, pretty good, a little slower than we'd hope, but that's good. She's like, oh my God, we're so hot. We're in Long Beach. It's so hot and sweaty. Everyone's drunk. I can't wait to get out of here. The race was great, but listen, I, I'm like, I guess I shouldn't tell her how really gorgeous it is here at the beach. Because what I realized really early on was we could just totally strike out and not get much of anything. We could have driven all this way and maybe really only photographed like three or four things. Because remember, they have to be indigenous. So apparently brown squirrels do not count. I don't know if they came from Europe or something. That's what Hudson said. So squirrels don't even count. 
I don't know what the statute of limitations is on being an indigenous, right? I mean, I guess indigenous is indigenous. Squirrels, I guess, maybe are the white people of the American animal kingdom or something. I Listen, I don't know. But it became very clear that we could strike out completely, never find decent tide pools, never find wherever Allison's party was, and go home with like three pictures of one crab. But when you have that thought, and maybe I'm making progress, maybe I am growing up as a human. Or maybe it's just because I have a wife and kids and I, I have to try to put a shiny face on things, you know? At each defeat, as defeated as we were, Hudson and I both were very careful to go, okay, well, before we leave, let's take a breath. Because the sun is coming down and the tide is coming in. And that just changes the shadows, it changes the water, changes the tide. And it wasn't too hot, it wasn't too cold. It was, it wasn't desolate, but it wasn't crowded. There were just enough people there where you felt like you were in the world, but not so many people there that you were mad that you were in the world. So we went back to the car. And I think we were both completely resigned to the fact that this could be it. And not that it was a waste of a day, but it was a, wasn't as fruitful as I had hoped. And as a last-ditch effort, we frantically start Yelp searching and Google searching just one more time before we leave San Pedro because it's kind of, it's not that far, but it's we're, you don't just swing by San Pedro. So Hudson finds something about some sort of aquarium. And so I look it up too, and it's like, yeah, there's some sort of aquarium. I mean, that would be fun to go to if, you know, we've got time, if you want to just go just to kind of look around. And, and we realize that it closes at 5 and we're literally discovering the aquarium at 4.58. I wish I was exaggerating. But we decide, listen, let's just go to where the aquarium building is. Maybe that's where Allison had her party. Now, I don't remember going into any aquarium, but it was at a park. There was a park. That's why I keep searching parks. It was at a park. It might have had a beach. Like, why, I don't, why is this so hard to find online? Like, it doesn't make sense. Let's just go to the stupid aquarium because I have to now. I have to, right? Just to know. I have to go to the, see the aquarium. So we go to the aquarium and, and, and my app, my navigation app is doing that weird thing where you're pretty sure it's taking you where you want to go, but then there's always that middle point in the journey where you're pretty sure it's making you drive in circles. Do you ever do that where it's like, go up here and take a left, go up here and take a left in a quarter mile, take a left. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. There has got to be a way that we could have gone right like a long time ago. And wouldn't have had to end up back. I mean, I'm pretty sure we just drew a horseshoe on a map. Like, where are you taking me? Oh, it was at the aquarium. 
The party? Yeah, the party was at the aquarium. Now, why the aquarium? Well, first of all, the aquarium's at a park. And I'm pretty sure the park is like Cabrillo Park or Cabrillo Marine Park or something. It's like, it's not a tiny park. It's probably the biggest park. How I wasn't finding it on Yelp and Google or wherever the hell I was searching, whatever word comment, I have no idea. But it's a big park. It has a guard, like a toll gate from, you know, collecting money for parking. It has one of those meter systems now that has replaced the guy that used to work in that toll booth. There's outhouses, you know, like the bathroom building. And over here is the like rent a sailboard, a sailing, uh, what do you call it? Surf, you know, a surfboard that you can sail. Windsurfer. There you go. Like, this is it. This is the Hudson. This is the place. Do you remember this place? Like, yeah, I remember this place. Like, this is where Allison had her party. Yes, I know. I'm pretty sure we just go down there and then along the thing is like, yeah, so we go there, but the tide by now is just too high. And there are just no tide pools. And the edge of the rocks is all in shade because it's right along a bluff or a cliff or whatever, right? But we still had to go to at least where we assumed the tide pools were. We had to touch it. <laughs> we had to accomplish the mission, which was finding the tide pools. The real mission, theoretically, was photographing the contents of the tide pools. But at a certain point, that became no longer the mission. And the mission was just find the damn tide pools that we went to at Allison's party 10 years ago. But we never gave up. But more importantly to me, sometimes in those situations, we let the situation get to us. And I don't mean we, the proverbial we. I'm talking about we, like our family, like the four of us. And we'll be frustrated enough or tired enough or something, I don't know, hungry enough. Did I say hungry yet? Where the whole thing just goes to crap because it's getting late and we're frustrated and we're failing and the whole thing can just sour and it's just sort of this long and silent drive back from wherever and I don't know if it's a combination of me getting better about stuff like that Hudson getting more mature there, he's more mature, therefore it's easier for me to be patient with him because he's not five and not having a tantrum that we didn't see the tide pools. And I'm making more of an effort to keep kind of a big picture view of things when we do anything instead of just focusing on my head, you know, what what I'm thinking, what, like, you need to eat, you need to find the tide pools, you screwed this up. My list is going to think you're an idiot. You're going to, right? Every, every once in a while, it's stepping out of that loop and looking around and just seeing the ocean for what it is this beautiful mass of living water. And the waves on the rocks 
that will eventually be completely under that water. And my tall, handsome, intelligent son standing on those rocks, taking a couple of pictures just because. Just because. Alright, that has been The Bitterest Pill. Oh my gosh, let's turn down this fake peppers. There we go. That's been The Bitterest Pill for this uh, week. I can't wait to find out when this is good. <laughs> when this one will hit the feed. Maybe I'll release them out of order. Maybe I'll do this one next. I have no idea. So listen, thank you for downloading. If you downloaded, thank you for uh, watching YouTube. If you watched YouTube, uh, Megan and Austin and whoever watched live, thank you guys too. Uh, I was going to hang out with you guys in the chat room earlier, but that break wasn't as long as I thought. Anyway, oh yeah, there's all that end of show stuff to take care of too. My, I'm sorry, my nose is itching. I don't mean to keep touching my nose, but it's just tickling. There's something going on in here. Okay, if you ever want to drop me an email, please do. Uh, the best email address for the show is pill at danclass.com. And by saying that, I, it's, really a, it's really a lie. All my email goes to the same place. Whatever. Pill at danclass.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Dan Class. Pretty self-explanatory. And thebitterspill.com is the website, uh, as always. Okay, so, as you know, uh, this show is uh, made possible quite literally thanks to uh, the supporters on Patreon. Uh, you can support the show by uh, donating even as little as... I don't even... Why, well, actually, I, to tell you the truth, I don't even know what the minimum thing is. But it's a per-show thing. So, you, you know, you... you you pledge uh, 50 cents a dollar, $300 a show, which would be, you know, 500 You can do $500. Uh, and help keep the show going. Uh, that is patreon.com slash danclass. Oops, where'd they go? Ah, I'm pushing the wrong buttons. Where'd the, where's the one I was looking for? There it is. All the supporters through Patreon help support the show. Generous, generous folks like uh, Harold Goldner, Megan, Jeff Short, Rob Houston, Dave Jackson, Mike Hamilton, Flores, Tom Carroll, David Jason, Gerard Cortinez, Chris Class, Scott Mercer, Jim Cariotis, and many, many, many more. Oh, shoot, the song's over. Well, I was not prepared for that, was I? Okay, let's play uh, here. Oh, there. This is for the... <laughs> This is the soundtrack to the Long Beach Grand Prix. All right, so anyway, thank you very much for uh, listening. Thanks for being patient about the schedule of the show. Uh, I really do want to get back on schedule. I sincerely don't know if that middle missing show is going to come out or if I'm going to re-record or whatever. We'll see. Who knows? That's the mystery of life, isn't it? Okay, let's turn that down because that is really obnoxious. Um, and then I will keep you posted on the development of the new show. 
uh, we'll see how that goes. So anyway, listen, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for uh, contributing to the show. Thank you for being patient. Uh, it's me, and I'll talk to you at 11.30 next week. All right? All right. Bye-bye. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's talk.